Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. My name is Pastor Matt McClory. I'm so glad you could take the time to listen to this message. Verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not accept to receive anything from the Lord. So tonight, I want to preach a sermon entitled, The Trail of Trials. So somebody turn to your neighbor and just be like, let's see, what can we say tonight? (laughs) Say, God is in your trials. Turn to someone and say, God is in your trials. That is a friendly reminder. It's a good reminder, amen? God is actually in your trials. But I'm believing in the next few moments that God will speak to us and give us comfort for our time of hardships and trials. Because I know that every time we feel we're between a rock and a hard place, God will always come through, amen? With his perfect love. So let's pray together before we get started. Jesus, we come to you with an open heart. Tonight, we thank you for community, Jesus. We thank you for love. But God, we just thank you that you're actually here in this place right now. We just thank you so much for your spirit, Lord. And we thank you for this opportunity to gain wisdom from you, Lord. Wisdom for our trials, Jesus. And just pray that you would flood the hearts of many tonight, God, and that we would be changed, that we leave this place changed. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Is anyone a bookworm? in the room. Anyone love reading books? Yeah. Yeah, you look like a bookworm, like in a good way. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, not a worm, like someone that reads, someone that reads books, because you look smart. That's what I'm saying. Um, I don't, because I'm not smart. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm not a bookworm. I'm not I, when, I, when I think of someone that loves reading, I admire them, first off. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But I also think of, like, marathon runners. Like, because my girl Mackenzie in the front row, she's a marathon reader. Yeah, she'll, like, open up a book, first page, and she won't stop until she sees the last page. And we've talked about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not like that. I am way opposite. I'm more of, like, a like 400 meter sprint reader, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta do it in short bursts, small, small distances. But I, I like reading, and I've been trying to, to get better at reading more often, and that's one thing at the beginning of this year I was really committed to, or I am committed to, that I, wanna, I just wanna read more. And kind of what I was talking about earlier, I wanna remain teachable, I wanna keep learning, because that's how you get better. And um, so, I'm gonna just commit to it, even though it's harder for me to, you know, read often, but I'm, I'm actually reading three books at one time, which I don't know if I would recommend that. It's kind of, 
it's kind of hectic, but uh, we're doing it. We're just gonna roll with it. But it's been it's been great so far. But I've been reading one book I've been reading recently is uh, Goliath Must Fall. Has anyone heard of that book? Yeah. Goliath Must Fall, and it's by Pastor Louis Giglio, um, out of Atlanta, Georgia, Passion, Passion City Church. And he's an amazing pastor. He's a man of God. He's a great communicator of the word, and I really look up to him. But um, I've been reading this book, and it's been a great read so far, and it's really spoken to me. And there was a specific section that I was reading where he was talking about the story of David and Goliath. And we know that story, right? Because some of us have grown up reading these Bible stories, and David is a young man, and he, he kills an actual giant with a sling and a stone but through the glory of God for his purposes, and God used him in a mighty way. And it's so cool. It's really, really neat. But um, I wanted to read a little section of the book and how Pastor Louis kind of turns the story on its head and changes our perspective in the best way. Because I've always, I don't know about you, but I've always looked at the, that biblical story as like, okay, cool. David was used by God, and that's amazing. Like, that's so cool that God would use him in that way. I'm like, oh, cool. God can use me too. But Pastor Louis kind of turns it on on his head. And I wanted to read a little um, part of this book, if that's okay. You guys cool with that? So it says, here's why we are not David in this story. So when I read that at first, I was like, what? Here's why we are not David in this story. That's a man-centered interpretation of the story of David and Goliath. You know who David is in the story? Jesus. Jesus is David in the story of David and Goliath. Jesus is the giant killer. Does that fact not wake all all of us up? Hello, we are not David. You are not David. I am not David. Jesus is David. Jesus fights the battles for us. Jesus stares down the face of impossible odds. Jesus takes up his sling. Jesus selects five smooth stones. Jesus takes aim at the giant. The giant falls because of the work of Jesus. Isn't that an amazing truth? I never, I don't know why, but I never viewed it that way. That passage of scripture. It's beautiful. And earlier in the, in, in the book, um, Pastor Louis says this as well. Whatever giant we're battling might be big, but it's not bigger than Jesus. And that's so true, right? Whatever hardship or trial you may be facing, it isn't going to take you out because Jesus is bigger than your circumstance. No matter what you're going through, even right now, you need to hear me tonight, he's bigger. He's bigger than your trial. Amen? Is there anyone thankful for that promise? I know I am. But tonight... I want to give us a few points to take on in the middle of our trials. So the first point tonight I would really love for us to write down is the trials will make you instead of break you. The trials will make you instead of break you. I think the first response is, oh my gosh, what am I going to do in this trial, this hardship? I don't really see the end of the road. I don't see how I'm going to get through this. And the first response is like, this is going to be the end of me. And we have that freak out moment. But it actually 
those, those things are actually a deciding factor in how you're going to grow. And James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, which is also endurance, steadfastness, or patience. You mean to tell me to consider it a joy to go through pain? Yes. How backwards is that? You mean to tell me that I'm supposed to take on hardships with gladness? Yeah. Why? Because it is in the trials where God will be able to work on you as an individual. Trials equal perseverance. It's just growing pains at the end of the day. And those aren't always bad. They felt bad when I was younger, though. Um, I remember when I was younger, I had so much pain in my knees, usually at night, like right before I'd go to bed, the most convenient time to have pain. Right before I go to bed, I would just like, I'd be asleep for like five minutes and wake up crying as a kid because I had so much pain in my knees. Growing pains, that's what they were. I wasn't really sure what they were at first. My parents didn't either, so, you know, they would give me medicine, probably like Motrin or something, and it never worked. And then I would get some bags of ice. My mom would get them for me, and I'd like put them on my knees, and my knees would go numb, and I'd have relief for like five minutes, and then the pain would come back. So I went through that for months, I remember, as a kid. And I remember even going to the hospital to get like x-rays done on my legs to see if there was anything wrong. And after a while, you know, it actually got better because I grew. I grew and the more I grew, the less pain I had. I mean, it's just, it's just a part of life. I mean, you have no choice but to grow, you know? And I think that that's, that's like life in general. Sometimes we, we go through a hardship and it's painful. I know when I go to the gym, I know it's gonna be painful. <laughs> and it's not really fun all the time, but no pain, no game. You know what I'm saying? Not game, gain. <laughs> Sounded like I said game. It's game time when I'm in the gym, but yeah. <laughs> I like a sweaty, sweaty mess and I'm in pain, but I just keep pushing because I know what the end result is. Now I'm gonna grow. And I think that's how we should view those trials that come in our lives. It's just growing pains. It's not gonna last forever and it's actually gonna get better. Even though we might not see it at the start, it actually is gonna get better, amen? So a season of growing pains, they're not meant to last forever, but the encouraging thing tonight is that Jesus, with our relationship with Jesus, he's actually the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's such a good promise to remember, which, which means he has shown himself to be faithful in the past, and that gives us confidence we need for today and for the future. Sometimes it, it takes looking back in the past to remember how faithful God is. Yeah. You might not see an end of the tunnel in the midst of it, but we need to go back in time and remember God's been faithful in the past. That means he's going to be faithful today and he's going to be faithful in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
this helping anyone tonight? Yeah. Yeah. The, the trail of trial is an opportunity to grow. But it doesn't, it doesn't break me, it actually makes me. It shapes the person that I am and will be in the future. Trials grow and mature us. We can actually conquer the toughest trials through Christ. We can conquer them. We can welcome the trials because we'll conquer them with Jesus. I want you guys to hear me when I say this tonight. We serve a God that loves us so much that we have the power to walk through the trials with our head held high. Because he's with us and because we are more than conquerors in Christ. Listen to what the word of God says. It says Romans chapter 8 verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, but that is really encouraging. Through any trial, we are more than conquerors in Christ. But we are more than conquerors because of his love and nothing can separate us from his love for those who believe. What a beautiful promise. Won't always be easy, but we serve a God who's capable of bringing us through any circumstance. And that process will result in all that God has called us to be. So the trials, they make you instead of break you. And two, if you're taking notes, allow trials to be a faith builder. Allow trials to be a faith builder. What does James chapter one say in verse five? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. That's encouraging. We have the option of asking God for wisdom in the midst of our most difficult trial. The verse alone builds faith in my heart. The fact that we can come to God during the thick of it and gain godly wisdom is so encouraging. I can get guidance for my season if I allow my next season of difficulty to discourage me and if I don't lean into God, I might miss out on what God has called me to in that season, a, a chance to grow. So don't let doubt creep in. Let's be honest, like we are all human and sometimes we have more questions than answers, right? But we can have a strong and sure faith in God that he's gonna come through. If we aren't careful, it's easy to say, where are you? I don't feel you, I'm struggling. But it's important to not be overtaken by fear or doubt. Let me encourage you with Psalm 139. Verse seven, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make a bed in the depths, you are there. 
If I raise, rise sorry, on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. He's omnipresent. He's all around. He is at the mountaintop, and he's in the depths. And he's in between, too. Yeah. He is with us. He is actually with us. He's with us, and he's holding out a guiding hand. And it's beautiful. And faith is the subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The faith is first necessary in order to have the ability to doubt in the first place. And that makes it different than unbelief, right? Unbelief is different than doubt. Because you, you need to have faith first to, to have doubt later on, which that's not the goal. But I'm just telling you there's a difference, right, between unbelief and doubt. But the passage is giving us a warning against a life filled with doubt. Life filled with doubt is like a wave tossed back and forth by the sea. It's yeah. unstable. It's unreliable. It's more so based on by our feelings. And if we anchor ourselves in God through every trial, he will always show himself to us. We have this faith as an anchor for our soul. We have infallible truths written in the Bible that give us strength and assurance through every trial. I put my faith in God because it makes sense. I want to build my faith just like I would build a muscle going to the gym. Hashtag CrossFit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, build it like a muscle, you know? Yeah. View every opportunity that might seem difficult as an opportunity to grow your faith. Right. As a faith builder. Right. View a trial as a faith builder. And God re will reveal himself because he always does. When you call out to him, and when you're pressing in constantly to him, he's not going to turn his back on you. He's going to welcome you in. He's always inviting us to be in communion with him. It's just our choice to turn and have our heart postured in the same direction as his. So in closing, the trials, they don't break you. They develop the person that God has called you to be, actually. They shape you, and they make you. The trials can be a faith builder if we choose to press into God. He's all-encompassing and he's always here and nothing can separate us from his love. His love causes us to be more than conquerors. Amen? Yes. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you for these truths. God, we thank you for your word. And just pray tonight as we, as we continue to talk about this passage, God, I just pray that you would that you would ignite a flame in, in everyone, God, that you would create this spark that, that would cause us to grow closer to you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you bless all these students and all these young adults. We thank you for everyone that is here. And I just pray that, that our community here would grow, God, because you're in the middle of it. We love you. We pray all of this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray it bless you greatly. Please visit us at www.colonialchurch.life for more.